The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Piercing Wizard Podcast. Uh, I'm kind of toying around with a few different ideas. I know that if if you've been listening to the show, you've been hearing me whine and complain about how blah blah blah, I'm busy, I'm burnt out, I I don't really want to do a podcast every week, which is all still totally accurate. Uh, But rather than just kind of like leaving people without a podcast, because there are piercers out there who send genuinely nice things, saying that they really like the show and they listen to it when they drive to work or do their sterilization or do whatever. And uh, I was thinking about some some ideas to keep the content going and giving me a little bit of a break. And I kind of got the idea off of like old late night uh, talk shows and, and how they would bring in guest hosts every now and then. You know, Johnny Carson would go and take some time off and he'd bring in Jay Leno or Joan Rivers or whatever. So I think I might start trying to do that a little bit. I, I send a, a couple of messages out to a few different piercers that I, I really like, people who have been on the show before, people who, are, you know, they, they have a really good conversational style. And I think I might kind of hand over the wheel a little bit to some other guest hosts. Uh, you know, maybe coming up after conference, I'll skip a week or two here or there and, and bring in somebody else to handle the content. So keep your ears open for that. Uh, I can maybe make some announcements once uh, those those people start to gather some content. But right now, kind of uh, early stages of planning for it. But I think it could be really good to keep the show fresh, especially if uh, you're as sick of hearing the sound of my voice as I am. So, you know, maybe bring in, in something a little bit different to the, the show. As far as this week goes, my guest is going to be Alex Wilkins, good friend of mine from the UK. We met up a few times recently for some wrestling nerd stuff. You know, Alex also likes the the wrestling. Uh, We met up at uh, WrestleMania weekend in New York a little while back. And then not too long after that, I went over to the UK and uh, we we met up for the Dream Tag Team Invitational uh, over over the course of a few days. And, you know, we have this conversation about piercing and it's really interesting talking to Alex. He's really good at kind of explaining his passion, his spot in the industry, and it kind of reminds me of a lot of different things from from my career too. You know, Alex is in a shop that uh, you know, not too long ago, kind of transitioned from uh, more of like the the basic, simple, maybe kind of costume jewelry up into the higher end brands. And you know, we talk a lot about uh, how you make the most of a of a small space and uh, how you just kind of deal with the growing pains, basically all that all that different stuff. We also talk about. Uh, some of the things where it seems like Alex might be a little bit smarter in avoiding burnout than I am, you know, for me, body piercing is like a 24-7 thing for me, you know, whether it's board stuff or seminars or just working in my shop, managing it, piercing people in my shop, all these different things, you know, I have body piercing on the mind all the time, and it's maybe not the best thing for me as as a body piercer, because my passion meter has really kind of diminished, uh, and Alex talks about, well, you know, it's healthy to have all kinds of other things in your life, you know, uh, it's also uh, a good conversation about communication with your clients, you know, how you explain, uh, you know, we do this, and other shops do this, and how you differentiate yourself without sounding pretentious, without chewing someone's ear off, without giving them a half an hour conversation when they only needed maybe two minutes uh, explanation on something. But when you don't 
communicate with clients and when you don't explain certain things, you know, this is why our jewelry is so high quality and this about our sterilization and this about my training. Um, when you don't say those things, they don't really know the difference between you and any other piercer down the road that might be piercing with something that you would deem unsafe. So uh, it's really good conversation about a bunch of different things, about the industry, about communication, about how you stay fresh and about how you grow in, in your studio. So uh, let's get into that conversation with Alex Wilkins and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. All right, so uh, give like you know your bona fides and all that. Yep, um, name's Alex Wilkins. I'm body piercer from the UK in Brighton. Piercer at a studio called Guru Body Piercing, which I also manage. Um, you can find us online at Guru Body Piercing in the various different ways you find us. And I'm Ryan. Um, wow. We are we're in Wolverhampton right now. We are uh, because we're on wrestling nerd vacation. It's hot as balls. Uh, we need like a a good like. Something like mishmash of like holiday and wrestling, like wrestle day, or that's not a good one. Grapple day. Grapple, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, Holographs. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're killing some time before the second of three shows. Yeah. And we wanted to talk about, uh, well, as a starting point, we're going to talk about jewelry. So you yeah, haven't talked about that enough. We, no, because no. body piercers never talk about jewelry or intimidation factors or any of that stuff. Never comes up on. This no, show I think especially. this is the first time. Is it the first? This is probably the first. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably more like the twenty-first because I think I talk <laughs> about these subjects more than anything else. Mm. If there, if there are people that like listen to this show. I, I don't know how many people out there actually listen to like multiple episodes. I know some people have yeah. been like, I'll listen to five episodes or whatever, mm. but with like a hundred whatever episodes. If there's anybody out there who's probably listened to the majority of them, how yeah. sick they must be well, of me talking about that you same know, subject. This is like a thing that I actually find quite a lot as a piercer is that I kind of have, I, I give myself almost a, self, a self-imposed a self burnout on, on just the industry. So it's like I'll have, um, you know, my Instagram, even my personal Instagram, most of the people that I'm subscribed to, Body pisses, body pisses, body pisses, mm-hmm. all posting basically the same thing all day long. Like, Your stuff. Con- yeah, conch piercings all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, the podcasts, I'll listen to piercing podcasts, and it's like, at a certain point, you, you, you can't digest that much information on the same subject. Like, it, become, it ends up becoming meaningless, you know? Well... On, on, on the same subject, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they talk about basically the same thing, you know, with maybe like a little bit of like a topical freshening up every now yeah. and then, but kind of the same stuff over and over again, and I still listen, so mm. hopefully there are people that will still listen to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still, as, as, long, as, you, as long as you can listen to something and take away something new from it, then whatever, but um, I don't know about you, but I've kind of had to kind of impose these sort of like, okay, I need to stop looking at body piercing stuff because it, I find it affects my level of excitement to mm-hmm. go to work. Yeah. Um, because it's just, you, you, you become numb to it. And so you might even start to become numb to what you yourself are doing. Sure. And if I find like, that's something that I kind of worry about because you just see conch after conch after conch and it's <coughs> all like this, like amazing jewelry. And it just, it all blurs into one at a certain point. And I find that I wouldn't, you know, I've, I've definitely uh, had to take a couple of breaks mm. from this outside piercing media. And I think that's why a lot of people do, you know, take off their Facebooks and stuff. I know a couple of piercers who have just take, gotten rid of Facebook because it's all just piercer bullshit right. all day long. You yeah. Know? I actually don't really follow 
no. piercers unless they're unless they're my real world friends. Mm. And you know, I wouldn't ever want to offend someone by saying this, but most of the piercers that I know are you know acquaintances, lovely yeah. people. But they're not people where I don't have their phone number in my phone mm. or things like that. I don't I don't know what their kids' names are, no. or what their partners' names are, or where nor, they live. Nor am I interested. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, they're but they're very sweet people, yeah, and I yeah. love talking with them and catching up when I'm mm. at different events and things like that. Uh, but yeah, there are very few piercers where I actually follow their feeds because it's kind of that same reason. Mm. Um, I don't want to look at the thing that I'm doing all day every day yeah. when I'm not working, which is oh, why yeah. I'm using my phone. So. Uh, most of what I follow on Instagram is like wrestlers and yeah. wrestlers and wrestlers. Just to, so you become oversaturated with that instead, you know? Yeah, well, I definitely, <laughs> definitely am. But well, I'm taking a break after for, from wrestling after this as sure well. Because, well, I mean... <laughs> so where did I see you last? WrestleMania, WrestleMania? Uh, which was last week. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, an event I flew transatlantic for. Yeah, well, uh, it was awesome and it was fun. And I think it's cool... That you and I have essentially the same job, and, mm. but we have like another shared connection. Yeah, I've always been quite conscious that, like, not conscious, but not wanting to talk about piercing a lot whilst when we hang out because mm-hmm. it's just, it's again, it's like I know that when people meet up with you, it's probably just piercing, piercing, and oh, check it this out, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and yeah. again, it. it I'd, I'd hate to just have like a you know a nice weekend where we're just watching all these you know was it free free shows in a row, and just again that's a break from work mm. to just talk about work the whole time. Which even though like and I think this is like an interesting thing that with you get with body piercing that maybe you don't so much get with other certain careers is that it's because it's your passion you want to you want to ingest it all the time mm. and you want to talk about it and when you meet people who are other body piercers at first it's like let's talk about piercing and then uh, pretty much nine times out of ten it's like oh cool and you do everything the same way i do and our shops run basically identically and cool all right and so what do you do for fun <laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean like it, it, it for me it's like i'd rather um i'd rather just keep the body piercing to a minimum because i've been doing it for a while now and you've been doing it for uh, what like two Ever, three years forever. or something like that yeah, like, something like, that. like, a, like a newbie yeah. um so it's I think to keep the passion going at work, you have to dial back the passion factor, mm-hmm. almost, I would say, and keep it more as a, a work thing that you can take a lot of lo- put a lot of love into and get a lot of interest out of it. I try to do that with Evan. Like, I'm, I'm trying mm. to be really conscious of that. And I remember having a conversation with him once where he's he's very... He's very keen on just helping out with everything he can. Like, he loves it. He totally has that passion and Mm. that spark that I don't necessarily have anymore. Sure. And uh, I was just saying once, you know, okay, I'm stressed about this. I'm stressed about that. And he's like, I can help with anything you need. All you have to do is ask. And I said, I really appreciate that, Evan. But Mm. at the same time, I don't want you to have to turn into me. I don't want you to have to get your enthusiasm dashed. Because yeah. this is a 24-7 thing for you. Mm. I want you to be able to go home and switch off and just hang out with your family or just do your photography or your hobbies or whatever you're into yeah. and not have to like swim in this industry all day, every day, forever. I uh, I found it definitely when um, um, I'd try and go to sleep at night and I'd just be laying awake thinking about like, what, what rings shall I order? Like, what good ring sizes are there? And... 
wonder what would look cool in a day for what stone combinations are in this year and it's just mm. like it's one o'clock in the fucking morning sure. i'd like to go to sleep brain if yeah. that's okay with you you want to know what's the worst step after that is like let's say uh, you have that step which i had for quite a while mm. and, and then five years goes by and you've ordered every piece of jewelry that you can afford and that you can think of and all yeah. these different things you have a packed full display case and you have a decades plus long portfolio mm. and all this stuff like all the things that you obsess about let's imagine that you've you've been doing it for a couple extra years and you already have mm. all those things and it's like it's even worse after that because then after that comes like the anxiety of how do I keep all these things like yeah, if, I, yeah. if I pushed and I reached like maybe the top of my local market or something like that mm. like then it becomes this anxiety of shit now i have to stay here yeah and now i have to level. push even harder to maintain mm. this level and it, it sucks at that point um did you ever kind of reach a point where you were like my shop has stopped growing i'm in that right now yeah 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 because i think i think that's a kind of an interesting thing that i don't i don't think i've actually spoke with anybody piercer about is because especially at the, the stage that i'm at it's it's all about okay how do we make this bigger and how do we get more customers in and how can we expand our jewelry um, line all this kind of stuff um but like eventually well okay i'll bring it back a little bit you can edit that bit out if you want to but um i was talking to my shop the guy that owns my the studio and um we only have one piercing room and so we were actually kind of having a, a loose discussion on how can we make it so that we have less volume in the shop because the shop is not big enough to hire more people mm -hmm. to work in it. Yeah, because it's not a huge space that you have it's, there. It's basically, a, uh, this hotel room is about the size of my studio and it's not a particularly grand hotel room. Mm -hmm. So it's like we were just saying like, oh, okay, having four human beings working in the shop at once would probably be fucking chaos mm -hmm. plus customers and their friends exactly but we're kind of getting to the point where we're on some days we're stretched really thin with free staff and it's like you know <coughs> how can we kind of dial it back almost sort of thing mm -hmm. um without moving to a whole new premises but um did you have you found out a few times where you've dialed it up and up and up and then you've had to kind of take a step back and be like okay i i need to just not in my physical logistics hmm. but yeah first shop same thing really small we outgrew it really fast and just made do hmm. for a while until we could move and upgrade yeah same thing happened there you know first place i was there for five years second place i was there for about 10 years yeah uh third place we we have a huge shop now hmm. two piercing rooms that and we really only use one at a time so we've got room to grow there we've got yeah. a huge lobby we've got plenty of space for more display cases we've got a whole second floor that's really only essentially being half used with mm. tattooing. Um, so we have room to grow. I just don't, I don't want to. So yeah. uh, it's not so much that I'm trying to reduce what I've already got, but I think I've, I made some conscious decisions to not keep pushing and mm. to just be fine where I am. Yeah. And I think that there are lots of other shops out there where they, they pushed right past that level. And those are the places where I feel like they have two or three or however many different studios. And I yeah. know that that's probably a whole headache in its own mm. way. Um, so yeah, I, I made a couple of decisions on a couple of trades because I'm such a, a such a control freak. Yeah, believe it. Um, <laughs> that I mean, uh, this trip has been very casual. I must say. Well, you know what? We got from point A to point B, and there were only a couple of fuck ups. Um, but I, I couldn't imagine what my life would be if I had mm. more than one studio where I tried to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just don't think it would be feasible for me. Well, I think as well you. 
with growth comes the you lose the ability to give the customers that sort of personal touch. Yes and no. It depends on how much because I mean you can if you look at a shop like in the states. Uh, I I try to use Twenty Third Street as a perfect example mm. because they're one of the biggest and busiest shops in the entire yeah, U.S. Yeah. and they 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 do it. They do mm. a good job. But to to be able to do that. They have an entire cleaning crew that comes in on their off hours mm. and does all the cleaning for them. It's not the tattooers and piercers and counter staff doing any right. of the cleaning. They have a whole cleaning crew. They have like multiple counter people on at a time. They mm. have multiple piercers on at a time, multiple tattooers, all this stuff. So mm. it's a it's a huge amount of working parts. Yeah. They manage it somehow, but I have no idea how. I, I think that's the thing. If you if you have the resources then it's it's awesome, but you know, in my studio, we have four people on the payroll, mm-hmm. including myself. Um, and it's like I say, on a on a busy day, we can probably get we have three people, um, but any more than that would just be kind of absolute yeah. pandemonium. But you know, we're in a really high footfall area, not even necessarily for piercings, but people that want to just talk to us. Um, so maybe like, maybe just looking around at jewelry or just coming in for some advice and stuff and. Mm-hmm. It's something that um, when I first um, came to Guru, it was it was awesome because it was a quieter studio. So anyone that did come in, we could quite happily spend about fifteen minutes with each customer, just just talk like no sales could just be chatting to people, mm-hmm. and we really built up a rapport with customers, and that's how we got our good reputation. But now, in the past kind of few months, it's sort of it's that with the good reputation in place, with the jewellery um, availability in place, and then the word of mouth kind of kicked in. And it's been, like, rammed most days. And it's sometimes you can you can see all these people that's in the shop kind of just waiting to be served, but there's not enough of us to serve them. Mm-hmm. But if we had more people in, it would just... It would be absolute chaos, because at least this time we can kind of control it. Mm-hmm. But if we had, like, multiple people serving different human beings, it, yeah. would, it would just be, like, My, my business brain tells me that is the point where you're primed for a bigger location or mm. a second location of the yeah, same size. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially in, in your area, how it's, like, it's a lot of tourists, a lot of foot mm. traffic, a lot of small shops with probably a high turnover. Yeah. So, I mean, one, one option could be, like, an auxiliary second location at mm. a different place that also has high foot traffic. Yeah, definitely. But then it's like, I don't know, like, do you expand into the same city and kind of really dominate that city? Or do you go into a different city and completely split up your operation? Because, But then, it, you know, that doesn't really solve anything, I guess, because you don't take away the foot traffic from the original mm-hmm. location. You know, you just, mo- you just take if it's, foot traffic If it's close else. enough that you could say... We can't take you right now, but if you want to walk three blocks up, yeah, yeah, you know, and I feel like even if you did that, that would just be a band aid kind of a scenario. That yeah. wouldn't be. I, I, but then you run the risk of if you move to a mm. larger location, is that was do you lose a little bit of magic by not having that same mm. you know footfall traffic right in that original location? So there's, yeah. there's pluses and minuses on both ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's um, it's the weird thing about it's specific, especially in Brighton. I'm not really sure what the kind of thing is in yours. I've been saying for so many years that, oh, it's going to get oversaturated in Brighton because there's, oh, you've been there mm-hmm. and there's even more studios opened up since you were last there. Yeah, I think I think when I just casually walked around last time, I mm-hmm. saw four or five shops within a 10 minute walk. Yeah, yeah. So I can, on the two or three streets known as the lanes, I can I could name you eight off the top of my head mm. and that's in about a two minute walk of each other. Yeah. But there is, 
you know, all of those businesses are building and kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it really goes to show you. And, and you know, that a lot of them not doing anything particularly special, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I'd say there's, there's two high end shops in Brighton as my, my own and blind pig tattoo club. Other than that, everyone's basically on the same playing field. Yeah. And so there's no, like, not, nothing really that's bringing these people into these specific shops. It's just there's a lot of people well, and a there, lot of piercings. There you know? are things, too, that you and I might not look at, and other people have, have really made me take more notice of it, is that a lot of those shops that are that deal with more, like, quick in-and-out uh, tourism mm. thing or more, like, costume jewelry level type yeah. materials... Uh, they they're still paying attention to fashion trends. So mm. like just the the other stuff that they have in their window displays yeah. pulls a certain type of person in, sure, and then sure. that certain type of person you know is maybe interested in different mm. piercings, and they don't know the difference between somebody using hand polished internal mm. thread, threadless gold, all the versus the costume stuff. You know something else that I find quite interesting on that subject is that like. Um, Edu- like client education as to, to what is good and, and what is what is bad it's it's insane the amount of people that are like you know they they hang on, i'm trying to think of how to word these next few sentences are you trying to say it like they're brand fixated versus material oh no no, no sorry or? nothing like that um, okay it's clients um clients not actually having no idea what good body piercing is um because there is there isn't very little information out there for the public Mm -hmm. for piercers loads of information and people would you know you can get bombarded all day but you know it's that you know it's the classic thing of the the grainy black and white photo of a really badly done rook piercing will get like thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. and thousands of likes and your perfectly spaced meticulously planned ear project with this amazing joy yeah yeah it's that kind of thing but people who you know still um they just don't know that they, they put their trust in people mm-hmm. and they, you know, there's such a shoddy service being yeah. thing is because there is no, there's no, nothing, there's no measuring stick in body piercing. Yeah. It's just, we offer body piercing and we're good at body piercing. That's what most body piercers would tell you. And I think the clients just kind of get bam, bamboozled, but bombarded with all this different information and they can be, they probably think that I'm trying to swindle them just as much as anybody else is sure. by saying, Oh no, I don't use that joy. I only use mm-hmm. this and for these reasons and that. That might sound like a sales tactic, which is quite off-putting to a lot of people and yeah. they just want someone who's going to give them a piercing. If I if I compare it to something for me, if I go into a, a shoe store, you know, yeah. athletic shoes, whatever, trainers, uh, <laughs> Sneakers. And, and, and I'm looking at a wall of like super expensive like Nike Air Max shoes and mm. then another wall and the shoes look exactly the same, if it's like, okay, well, this shoe is half as much and I like the look of it, why yeah. can't I just get this shoe? And a salesman comes out or a salesperson comes out and says like, okay, these are the differences in the shoes and whatever, but they're they're just, they're sewn in the same factory. Mm. Then I'll be like, well, I don't care. I'll go with the cheaper shoe. Yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of clients fall into that trap because they don't, they don't necessarily know the difference. And no. a lot of the companies that make costume jewelry, they mimic the styles that the top end companies are coming out with. So a lot mm. of it looks very similar. I remember... When the uh, the anatomical five stone curve clusters oh, yeah. really dropped before anybody else started doing similar pieces, mm. um, the the costume brands in like Claire's and icing and like the the crap 
chains in the U.S. Yeah, uh, they had those styles before the other high-end body jewelry companies yeah, started yeah. catching on to making similar styles. So I mean, those 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 companies are paying attention to what we're doing mm. because they know that uh, some of the some of these businesses like that's that's how they survive. It's not mm. that they're necessarily taking advantage of people, but they're definitely not dispelling mm. when a client gets it mixed up with a different brand. Yeah. They're just kind of letting them go with it. Mm. And I think it's I think if it's an interesting uh, um, spin on on being a body piercer these days because I feel like you have so much more responsibility to educate your clients and I don't I don't you know for, I don't think our, my studio does enough mm-hmm. to educate people because it's like we sell all this stuff but I think a casual part, we had a real problem actually when we first started really expanding into high end jewelry and we had all this stuff out in the window. And no one knew what it was. Mm-hmm. So they would look in our shop and go, oh, shiny, and then just walk past. Yeah. And we had it took us having to put pictures of ears with the jewellery in for people to be like, oh, it's for a, a body piercing. Mm. But for so long, we would just see people come in, look in, look in our windows, and then just kind of wander away. And they had, oh, and we also put a diagram of internally threaded jewellery in the shop windows to see, like, this goes in here, you put it in that. And then that's when our business went like... Well, going back to talking about like generations of careers, and, and mm. I'll use mine as an example, because that's my show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely had that point. You know, when I was near the end of that 10-year period of my second shop, that mm. was kind of the phase where we would all talk until we were blue in the face about why our jewelry was so much different than all the other stuff around there. Yeah. Because that's what we had to do to get those people sure. coming back and bringing their friends back. It's like we had to show them that there was a difference. Mm. And now with my new studio, it's built up in a way where we have regular clientele, we have regular people that are going to come in and try us out whether we say that or not. So now at this point, we probably are are slacking on how yeah. much we educate people as to what the difference is because I feel like sometimes... If the client walks through the door and they've already gotten a recommendation or something and they already hear like the, yeah, they're good, it healed great, the, the price was reasonable and mm. ask for this person, ask for that person. A lot of times they want to just come in, pick the thing that, that looks nice, get it and leave. Like they yeah. don't want to spend the extra 10 minutes. Anybody that wants to spend time, like if people come in and they say, oh, I've never seen you know a, a, a threadless flat back. I've only yeah. got nostril screws and that's where it hangs out. Then I love to have the conversation with those people. Sure, sure. But a lot of times we don't even we don't even do that anymore. You know, people mm. come in and they're just like, I want that pretty one out of this display of 500 pretty ones. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, okay, let's go back and pierce you. And a lot, you know, it's like I um I had someone recently where I was like, uh, I did this piercing for them, really cool end piece. It was really awesome. They were super happy with it. But they came back like a kind of a couple of months later and they were like, how do I take this out or use it in any way? Mm-hmm. And I had just, I had not explained to them what a labret was, what internally threaded was. Yeah. Oh, this, And I think they assumed it was a pull apart, like a butterfly kind of situation. And and I, I just realized that like I had not gone through any of that information with my client. I, I hadn't had to do my job mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I just didn't like, oh, they come in. I want that. There you go. Done the piercing. I hadn't explained to them why my, you know, needles were better than other people's or why my technique was better than this or not as good as that or anything. Mm. I just picked it, did it, there you go. And even though, you know, you give those speeches every single day, you're bound to forget a bit of information up for each one. But yeah, this person just had no idea what was in her body. Yeah. Uh, They just just, completely taken my word at face value that this was a good piece of jewellery and that's, you know... But it's the same as when people go into a studio and get externally threaded 
jewellery, it's just because that's what's in the shop. They're an established body piercing studio with qualifications and, mm. you know, uh, certificates on the wall. And it's just like, cool, I want that one. Wonderful. In you go. Yeah. They've done the same job of explaining that as I did explaining, you know, some, you know, high end piece mm. like that. So it's it's really the, like almost the same amount of information being given on both sides. Yeah. And I had a talk with a few people before where it's like. I feel sometimes if I'm trying to sell someone something, I feel like I'm kind of taking, I'm, I'm ripping them off that mm. way because it's clearly that's not what they've come in my shop for. They've not come in to drop money or they've not come in to get this life-changing piercing moment. They've just come in to get a piercing, get a quick piercing. Like people would go in to get a quick burger. Mm-hmm. They don't want a life-changing burger-related experience. Yeah. They just want a burger. Right. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's weird because we we still we get such a a, right, a wide range of clients. We you know there's times where we have to try and explain why our jewelry is so expensive, and there's other times where we have to explain why it's not that expensive. You know we get this like super high end customer come in, and they're like, well, why is that only forty pounds? Why is that only this? And like, oh, I'm not sure because you don't have anything that costs like over a grand, and it's just like. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll try harder next yeah. time <laughs> to impress you. <laughs> well, yeah, it makes sense when you say that uh, a, a lower end piercing studio and a higher end might do the same amount of work to educate people, mm. and it does make sense. I know Jeff had this this uh, really great jewelry booklet. Have you heard about his like jewelry booklet? There are pamphlet or something. I want to say yes because I'm on the podcast. But you can no. say no. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but he, he he had the same kind of idea. Uh, so his, his studio, Gamma, uh, him and Laura, they basically made a, a book, and it, it has all that education, but mm. in like a really simple, uh, fun kind of a way, and they just give that to anybody who, who asks any questions about jewelry. Yeah. And he, he was basically saying that um, the concept is, well, if we're going to sell somebody a $500 piece of jewelry, you don't just give them the $500 piece of jewelry and scoot them out the door, because then they don't understand. Yeah, How sure. do you take care of it? How do you remove it? How do you do this and that or whatever? Mm. Uh, so they have this little booklet, and it has all those things in it. It's great, and you can you can actually license <coughs> it out in different studios. Oh, so cool. like I can buy it for my shop, and I've, yeah. I've thought about doing that because it's the exact same scenario that he's talking about. I've mm. sold really expensive pieces of jewelry to people, and our concept in my shop is kind of like a we'll handle anything you need. Just come mm. in, you know. We'll always do jewelry changes or touch-ups, adjustments, cleanings, whatever you yeah. need for for that stuff because that's just part of our service. Sometimes we charge a few dollars for it, mm. but. Uh, I, I like those people on one sense being dependent on us to, to kind of take care of their piercing needs because that brings them back through the door. That's another conversation we can have. Maybe they get interested in something else. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, there are probably plenty of clients who have to take it out for work or medical yeah. thing or whatever, and they have no idea how to mm. do that or how to put it back in, you know, more importantly. Like things like seam rings and stuff mm. like that. Sometimes I worry about that with people where... I had a lady come in who had had a seam ring installed. And I remember specifically showing her how a seam ring worked. But she, for some reason, thought it was a hinge ring and had just, like, yanked it to shit, basically. Mm -hmm. It was a really nice piece of jewelry. And she had just, like, ripped it, basically, and pulled it all out of shape. She was like, oh, I thought it it was a hinge ring, like my other ring I have. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, sometimes with... More, more for like jewelry uh, upgrades. I don't want to use the word upgrade and make it mm. seem like a. I mean, expensive things. I mean for healed piercings. Sure. Jewelry changes and healed piercings. Uh, then a lot of times with that stuff, I'll oh, this is how you bend it to the yeah. side and never open because you'll warp it. I like to say things like that. Mm. 
But I'll, I'll be honest, like nine times out of 10 with a brand new piercing, there's no discussion of this is internal, this is threadless, yeah. this is how it comes apart, this is that, unless they ask. And I, and I think it goes back to what I was kind of saying at the beginning is you, you kind of become dulled to it. You know, when we first got, um, you know, started getting like gold and stuff, it, everything was a special occasion. You know, every client who was remotely looking at it, the show would begin and we would be like, this is mm-hmm. this, it's from this brand, and it, this is, and have you seen fretting like this before? Right. No. Whoa. Yeah. And you know. It's it, a rose cut gem. Yeah, I know. And a it's lovely a, crown setting. And like, I've never heard of this gemstone before, but look yeah. at it, pretty, you know, and everything would become a show. And, and now that stuff has kind of become quite normalized in the studio. Like, it's not the only thing we sell. We sell a range of different pieces, but like, um, oh, okay. Uh, but it it becomes very normalized, and you even though you still put on a show, the things that were groundbreaking to you as the piercer at first become very standard and humdrum. Yeah, very humdrum, and it's not it's not as exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone you know when we first got two mil CZs in a gold in some kind of gold prong setting, that was like the shit. You know, and, we and now like, you're just like, oh, we, you want the basic jewelry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, those are this, and they work like that. And look at that; it's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. do, 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 do. but I don't know if it's also the clientele that we've got coming in are expecting to buy that particular those kind of things from us, mm-hmm. and we don't have to sell it anymore. But I, I think it's I think it's that kind of thing. But it it brings me onto something that I think is kind of a growing that's a grow. I don't think it's growing I think it's always been there since people start since they started being inverted commas high-end mid-range and low-end inverted commas jewelry is that like it you seem to kind of get completely left out of the loop unless you're using the, the hottest of, shit the best of the, the best. top of the mountain kind yeah. of thing like you know it's like you see, I see so many people on Instagram posting this, like, really, really well-executed work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate it because in my head, I'm just like, oh, that's a pretty meh brand of jewellery. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I'll just keep scrolling. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I really hate myself for doing that. And it's something that I'm really trying to get out of the habit of. And it's like, we we, we stock a whole range. Like, our, when you come in to get, like, a body piercing at our studio, we always use internally threaded type blah, 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 blah. But um, it's not going to be the premium stuff, you know. We use, like, a mid-range kind of stuff for our basics. It's a basics. You know, we can't afford to do all premium all the time. Um, but I don't post that stuff. Mm. And it's almost... I'm not... I got, and maybe it's like an almost... You feel a bit ashamed well to, it's to be it's using the same this because thing you that a lot of piercers do now mm. is they're trying to pop the other piercers yeah they're not they're not really a lot nice of nice wrestling piercers, terminology thank you. by the way uh they're not they're not marketing to piercing clients to mm. be completely honest a lot of body piercers are just trying to show off to other piercers mm. to maintain their status in the cool kids club yeah and i i am absolutely doing that too what if i take uh Let's say I have a really great day and I take 10 pictures of different things I did mm. during the day. I'm going to look for the most, like, likes. Yeah. Know, I'm going to look for what's going to get me the most Instagram likes. I might not look for a perfectly executed, 
navel with a mm. titanium, you know, really good quality piercing with not exciting jewelry. Yeah. Uh, versus if I have a tragus piercing with some $400 piece of jewelry or a conch. Sure. With some, like, that's what I'm going to pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's going to get the most likes. But, and you know, it goes back again. To most clients browsing the internet, sure. it's exactly the same as the other piece sure. they saw that for the grainy picture. They don't differentiate at Absolutely. all between Absolutely. the two. I, a lot of times I see piercers pop up uh, because of a hashtag search or something on Facebook mm. or something. And the, the piercing, I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh. Yeah. You know? But it's got a ton of likes and shares and comments and interaction. Because mm, it's got this very specific kind of, you know, piece of jewelry in it. And I... I, it's something that I worry about for the future of body piercing is that the technicality side of everything will kind of fall away mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it will just be like, I use this awesome jewellery and it's just this like hanging on for dear life sort of, it's, you know, I always, I see it as well in like, we, again, like upgraded inverted commas piercings where the piercing itself is awful and it had nothing to do with the person who's put the jewellery in there, but they put this awesome piece of jewellery in a shit piercing, and it's not facing the right way, and it's still, and it's like, pre- like you know the tragus piercings that s- stab people in the head, basically? And it's just, everyone's just going like, whoa, awesome jewellery, mm-hmm. but it's like, dude, like... Heart eyes emojis. Yeah, and it's all like, that, that yeah. piercing is not good. Right. Like... All you're doing in that instance is showing your clients that that's an awesome mm-hmm. pe- that that what you've done there is awesome, yeah. and they're not differentiating between is the piercing good or bad. They just see a piercing, mm-hmm. and if you tell someone that's what a Traeger's piercing is meant to look like, they'll just nod and agree with you and be cool. Thanks very much. Sure, you know, yeah, and that's where I think like the education needs to really take place. Is you know, you, we can talk amongst ourselves about how awesome our techniques are and all this kind of stuff. But unless the clients know, then mm-hmm. really you're just the same as everybody else on the high street. And all you're trying to do is rip them off because you're so much more expensive than everybody else. Sure. What, what I've tried to been, what I've tried to do with my social media is... Because you're not big on social media from what I observe. You don't, uh... do you po- you don't post like a... A super super lot. Well, okay, I don't. I don't have to. That's the. That's mm. the thing with with my business model. Um, most of the time, when you walk through the door of Precision Body Arts, you're going to get pierced by Evan. You're not going to yeah. get pierced by me. So why do I need? You know, I'm 20 years into a career. I've owned a shop for that much time. Mm. I'm I'm not there all that often, and if I am, I'm usually in the office, not in the piercing room. Yeah, and, and all these different things. So why do I need to be? the person who's pushing the piercing services, you know? Mm. So Evan does a lot more, his active work and um, the the feed for the shop is a lot of tattoo content and a lot of, yeah. a lot of that stuff. So for me, uh, at my point in my career, I don't need to be on Instagram mm. all the time. There, there are people that I know that have, you know, alerts in their phone where it's like every three to four hours they have to post content because they're trying to grow their career because yeah. of where they are in it. For me... Uh, it's not super healthy for me, and it's it's I don't I don't want to put all that time into it. But one one last thing with with the the stuff that I do put on Instagram, what I've been trying to do more often lately is not just like a here's the hotness like my hotness. Mm. It's like a here's something where some people have a really difficult time getting it to yeah. heal, and here's a really well healed one that that I did two or three years ago, mm. and this is this is why my, I think that it healed well. You know. 
lower navel piercings or mm. surface piercings or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Or like rare anatomy piercings or something. And I'll say, like a really good example, I posted this um, five piercings in a nape. I posted that within like oh, the last yeah, I saw that, two yeah. or three weeks or something because I, I saw this woman at, at the tattoo convention. I pierced her a couple of years ago. Mm. And none of those piercings were difficult to do. They were just good quality jewelry. I took the time to mark them out and check her anatomy and all that mm. stuff. And that's why it healed well. And then a lot of people on there were like, I've never seen multiple surface piercings healed. I've never seen long-term healed and this and that. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, take a look at it. And it was just totally plain Jane, basic yeah. end pieces, like just a, a plain ball. It wasn't even anything fancy. Mm. Um, but, you know, I got a good response of it. Yeah, yeah, But I yeah. think it was for talking about it. I think if I had just posted it, Maybe some people would have liked it, but I think mm. talking about, like, this is how I got it to heal. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a good way to interact with social media because mm. it's a little bit of education, but it's also a little bit of sizzle. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I've stopped po posting any piercing work on my personal accounts for anything. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was when I started running Guru, uh, Guru Piercing... I was like, why am I dicking around promoting myself when I'm now responsible for a whole shop full of people? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I'm bored of running two Instagram accounts. I'm bored of running any Instagram account. I find the whole thing so stupid. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll post my stuff sometimes on the on the Guru page and, and such. But I actually pr I prefer the... Um, Maraid and Frankie to be posting their stuff and getting their work mm -hmm. out there and, and stuff because it's I don't know a lot of the time when we if I do post stuff it's just other piercers like in it anyway yeah like I, I could count on one hand the amount of clients I get because I posted a specific thing on Instagram mm -hmm. versus the ones that have popped in the shop on the off chance and I've just had a little natter with them and then yeah. we've ended up doing some piercings that sort of thing I think I have a, a a fair amount of clients and new clients on my Instagram, but it's only because of years of repetition. You know, yeah. I think now at this point, definitely more than half the people that, mm. that I interact with on social media are other piercers. Yeah. And that's why, you know, about a year ago I made a really conscious decision of, well, okay, if I have all these other piercers following my content and liking my content, mm. Why am I market? Why am I putting out marketing material for clients mm. when that's not how the clients are really coming into the shop? They're coming into the shop through other stuff a lot of times with Evan. Yeah. So I I took my social media, and I'm trying to make that a lot more about like listen to my podcast or yeah. come to one of my classes or buy one of my T-shirts or mm. something like that because there are so many other piercers that I interact with that way. And I do notice that when I when I talk a lot about piercing life stuff and not piercings, like my, my followers are dropping and I just imagine, oh, those are the people that are following me because I'm a piercer yeah. and they're not seeing body piercing content, they're seeing body piercer content. Yeah. But I, I would say that that's kind of more to do with how you have positioned yourself in, in the community because you're a... I would say you're a body piercer's body piercer, mm -hmm. you know, because you're doing the classes and you sure yeah. you make the t-shirts and stuff. So right. that, it makes sense that you would kind of gear your whole thing towards body piercers. And like you say, your shop, most people will get pierced by another piercer who isn't you. Mm -hmm. So why try and sell yourself to that market when your market is yeah. the people do the same job as you. you yeah, know? and like a lot of the clients that I've had, they've been my clients for so long mm. that there's like a friendly element to it. 
So a lot of my clients, I follow them on social media just yeah, because yeah. of like, you know, we catch up on each other's lives. Mm. And some of them might be following me for the same reason of like, oh, this guy's been doing my piercings for 15 years. Yeah. And we, we talk about video games every time I go mm. in. Um, I still find the term like my piercer to be quite an amusing one. And, like, yeah. Have you ever like bumped into clients and they're like, oh, this is Alex. He's my piercer. I'm like, yep, your personal piercer, like well, a chauffeur. <laughs> there, there are clients where that is the case, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some clients for so long that it was before there was a Facebook or before yeah. there was a this or that. And those pier- those clients, like I absolutely am their piercer. Those are, yeah. those are clients where they might even have my cell phone number. They might mm. have, they'll definitely have my, my personal email sure. and things like that. And I'll get messages from people where they'll be like, oh yeah, I moved here five years ago and I really want this one thing and you have it. And I don't know how to get it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to send you to my friend here or there or wherever. Mm. So I like, I still like the whole concierge element mm. of the body piercing career. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm not like a very active full-time body mm. piercer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think going back to the the burnout thing with the Instagram, but it was it was when I kind of was running it and doing the Instagram and trying to run the shop. Da, 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 da. That's when I had to stop listening to podcasts and stuff like that because I was like, it's it, it this is becoming a twenty four hour seven days a week thing, mm. and I really don't because you know it's when. Um, it was right around the time as well when UKPP was looking for board members. Yeah. And I had a couple of people say like, "Hey, are you gonna are you gonna apply?" And I was like, "Christ, no!" Like probably a wise decision. Yeah, yeah, coming yeah. From a, an APP board member. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just like I couldn't imagine taking on more, making more parts of my life dedicated towards body piercing. It's mm-hmm. like, and I. I love body piercing so much, but the guys who were like constantly replying on the message boards, that's why I don't get involved on the piercer meetup. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I don't have the energy for it. Yeah. Like I woke up one day and I had been tagged in a, a big conversation about like jewelry quality. And I was just like, I have little to no interest in joining right. in with this whatsoever. Even though like it contradicts the way I f- try to think about who I am as a body piercer. Like, like, I want to be there to help people, but at the same time, I kind of don't take the time to go out there and help people. You, you do. It's just in a different role. You know, I, I think uh, piercers like you, you might not be in the position you are without the piercer meetup, that, that mm. world here, just like I wouldn't be the piercer I am without the APP world mm. back home. Yeah. So, you know, we, we do owe it to the next generation, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it in a way that you don't feel comfortable doing. Like you don't Mm. have to be active in a Facebook forum to support other piercers. Like I know how you talk to other piercers and like you, you support people, you share information, you do that. Mm. So it's like, you're not just kind of building your throne on the skulls of your enemies kind of a thing. Which is obviously what we prefer to be doing. Well, yeah, when, when applicable, but, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not in any of those forums, really, no. but I still, I put a lot of effort into trying to support the community and mm. build up the next generation of body piercers yeah. that are going to be like, they'll they'll be hot shit within the next six months, a year, whatever. They're yeah. going to be the ones running the industry. I want to help support those people and get them where they want to go sure. as fast as they're capable. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I if, you, if you ask me, like, 
would you like to spend some time moderating a forum? I'd be like, absolutely not. No. You know? Do you want to do these extra committees or things for the APP at mm. this point? I'm sorry, but no. I, I, I've given the last three years or, or a lot of my spare time over the last mm. three years doing that. And I'm definitely burnt out. Not, not because of the board, yeah. but that's just, that's one additional thing that has been on top of the pile that's mm. burning me out. Yeah. Uh, and I really just want to step back from a lot of it. Yeah. It's, you know, once, once conference is over and I'm off the board, I really do want to step back a lot mm. and try to figure out, uh, do I have a personal life? And if not, mm. how do I make one? Yeah. But th- you know, what comes with stepping back is that I also worry that I'm not doing enough. This is t- turning into a borderline therapy session, <laughs> which I'm getting quite, it very existential. Ryan has been sitting closer and closer to me, so we, <laughs> and I am literally on a bed. And he, <laughs> um, but like you know, I worry that I'm not doing enough. So like for instance, I'll be at work and I will worry that I'm not doing enough piercing because I'm doing like you know I'm worrying about other stuff and sure. I'm sorting other stuff out. But I don't. I don't want to be resented by the people that work with me. It's like, oh, Alex has just come in and he's sitting on his ass on the computer doing. So I can tell you that that I can tell you because I'm in therapy. It is, <laughs> uh, it's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. Where you feel like you don't deserve the things that you've earned, basically, mm. and that you'll you'll think that other people will think that you're a fraud or something like sure. that. I definitely have that in my shop because exact. Where I'm sitting in a hotel room in the UK Mm. on a wrestling vacation trip when Evan is quite literally at my studio piercing our customers. I feel so bad because it's, it's easy. This is Easter weekend and this is Easter Saturday, the one of the busiest days of the year. And I'm just, you know, I've got some pizza on the go and uh, you earned it through your hard work. I earned my pizza. You you earned your terrible rotten pizza. Anyway, it wasn't great. It wasn't great pizza, but you know, uh, there was this point in the shop where it was like, okay, I, I'm constantly on a trip. Like mm. every every two weeks, I'm flying somewhere, you know. Yeah. And and uh, I didn't want the people back at the shop to resent me, you know. And uh, it it kind of got to the point where I was like, well, my work day a lot of the time is I go in at nine in the morning mm. and I do all of my office stuff for several hours, and yeah. then then. When they're all coming in to start their day of tattooing or whatever, I'm mm. leaving because I'm going to go and run errands and I'm going to go to the post office and the bank yeah. and go buy supplies and do all this stuff to keep the shop running. Yeah, yeah. And they just see me as like, well, he's just, he, he was here for 15 minutes and then he took off and all sure. that stuff. So I hope that they kind of see that it's like I'm working. It, mm. Just because I'm not working the same way I was working and the way yeah. you're working now doesn't mean I'm not working. For sure. Yeah. And I think that in, that kind of imposter syndrome does stretch to like all corners of this, uh, the piercing world, because again, we'll just go back to the forums. I still think it's not my place to answer questions on that thing, even though that there are like, you know, there's so many people and at so many different levels that answer those questions. This is, you know, I see people give like quite decent thought out answers, but they just may, might not be the most like widely accepted view. And I'll, I'll kind of look at it and be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I, I don't think it's my place to disagree with sure. them or to like kick off or anything like that. Even though I guess like as a UK, like, you know, there's not a lot of UK EPP members and I'm one of them. So really I sh- should be kind of getting out there and saying like, I think this and I think this and this is why this is great and this is why this is good. 
But uh, I still, I still, after, I don't know, how many, how many years? I've only been piercing seven years, though. Seven, eight years. Only. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a long time for most careers, but like, uh, um, again, still, like, I guess what I want is, what I want to translate that to is for every, all the other piercers that kind of sit on the sidelines and look in and think it's not my place to say anything and feel bad about that, that everyone else also feels, you know, a lot of other people kind of don't want to get involved or well, truck them with their own shit kind of thing. One of the things that I have talked about ad nauseum on here is the toxic elements of those. Ad like, nauseum. A lot. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a half a semester. But um, uh, is is the toxic element of those forums? So I don't sure. I don't want to go too no too sure far sure, that. sure. But I can tell you that I also don't answer. You know, I'm I'm in. I, I honestly can't even keep track of how many APP related forums because as a board member, I'm added to all of them. Sure. Anything that's an official APP forum, I'm in as a mm. technically as a moderator. Uh, and people will constantly post stuff in there, you know, like the ask a member thing or conference things or, or APP uh, non-member question, whatever all these different things are. And I don't do that, but it's because, uh, number one, no one asked my opinion directly. So I don't want to <laughs> say something and have some other member be like, well, I don't fully agree with that. So why is a member saying something? Because... That happens so often right, and it's yeah. so infuriating. But I, I get it because I am a board member. I am speaking for the organization. But what really bugs me is if I go on a forum, and not necessarily an APP one, but something else, and mm. somebody says, I'm having bad results with this. What do you think it is? And there'll be like 50 different schools of thought in yeah, the thread yeah. thing you know one person will be like well it's obviously you're using the wrong skin prep and then this person yeah. it's obviously the wrong jewelry and then this person's it's obviously they slept on it, it's the client's fault yeah. and i'll look at it and i'll be like it's just a badly done piercing yeah it's just yeah. a badly done piercing and it's like it whatever but i don't want to say that because mm. then i'm i'm not only going to be trying to answer for the original person but i'm also going to have to contradict all these other threads that are going mm. on and then people are going to comment on my thing and then tag me and Ryan Willett what about this and Ryan what, what? and it's just like you know what I had the 30 seconds to answer this original question I do not yeah, have yeah. the next three hours of my life to go back and forth For sure. with Facebook notifications mm. over the conversation that's just going to come all the way back around to the 30 second explanation Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's why I don't even engage which is probably worse because if you don't have certain certain piercers saying information that just means that there's this vacuum and void mm. that gets filled with all the people who do decide to say something yeah sure so their opinion is the one that wins out by default mm. and i you know i guess i guess in a way that comes you know right away around to like the client education but you know there's still a lot of gaps in piercer to piercer education and you know if um well, I've just derailed myself. You can't really. Let's just edit out this whole bit. Yeah, yeah. Right here, and no, we'll just say, because uh, I, I know the I know the point you're trying to make. Mm. And if there is an awkward edit in this episode, it's only because we were stumbling over our own terminology. Mm. But um, let let's say the studios who have, um, you know, beginner quality jewelry and and things like that, they're dealing yeah. to more of like a fashion forward, sure, and sure. only fashion forward, and they're not mm. necessarily like. Focusing on all the different quality elements of it. No, high turnaround. High turnaround. It's shops. usually a, a, a quantity over quality. Right. I call them piercing factories. Sure, that makes <laughs> sense. I mean, that's not an offensive term. No, 
But, um, you know, if they're louder, then that's what the clients are going to assume is the correct information. The same way that... It's not even if they're louder. It's just that if a studio that goes through all this effort and has spent all these years of of moving up those steps, up Mm. those those rungs of a ladder or whatever you want to call it, Mm. if they get to a point where they're just like, eh, people are going to come in through the door no matter what, so why bother saying anything? Then, yeah. But that's funny because that's... Quite literally what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for a lot of people, the ladder ends at different points. So some of these shops, which champion costume jewelry, they're not climbing the same ladder as everybody, like as other sure. people. They're just they're staying right at the bottom. I... <laughs> <laughs> they're holding it still so that we can climb up. Oh, for sure. They're spotting us. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> but like, I didn't know that there was any other level other than what I was doing because like again when you get trained it's just like this is how you do piercing so it's like cool there we go I'm doing a piercing right on you know all of like all of the the nuances of freehand and and this receiving tube versus that receiving tube and crushing your blades and all this shit right you know the elite stuff all of the yeah just to you know end up with the same result sure (laughs) But I, I get you know, what you mean. You know, it's like you, you, you know, um, yeah, like it, it doesn't, oh, fucking You're up. really just going off on a, I know. on a thing. What, what's the equivalent of standing on a soapbox for the UK? Like, do you have just like old men in bathrobes that a, shout on street corners? What's a soapbox? What in, in the US back in like, you know, turn of the century, the 18th, 19th century, people would stand on a soapbox in a town square and oh, they would okay. just shout at the sky and maybe somebody would listen. Okay, yeah, I don't think we Old have... man shouts at sky. Yeah, we. I, I guess we'd still say soapbox. Okay. Even, but I don't think people would know what that actually is. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, let me also just state, because I, I think I'm going to travel back in time two minutes and kick myself in the balls for saying the whole, like, spotting the ladder analogy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean people who just can't afford what they want i mean the people who don't even care that there is a difference like like uh you know if you're using external threaded i'm never going to knock you as long as you have it in the back of your mind of like well i I potentially could do better Mm -hmm. um what i mean is like uh the the nail salon that pierces nostrils with a gun like stuff like that like the shops where like they don't know and they don't care Mm -hmm. what they don't know like those are the shops i mean where it's like okay Let's just let's just move past them and, and climb that ladder right the, around. You know, them. the ear piercing specialists. Right. But again, that's something that a client will see and just take sure. it complete like sure. okay, oh, they, see they the are piercing, the specialists. They're not gonna know the difference no. between twenty years in crush needles, statum, mm. BVLA, whatever, versus oh, free piercing with jewelry purchase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's but then but then that's the thing. They're not climbing a ladder Mm. like in the way that you know a lot of people listening will be kind of trying to striving to get to different goals in their career and using different materials and different jewelry and getting a statum and all not that statum is any kind of weird precipice you can be a perfectly good piercer without a statum sure just saying i know i will also just say because for a long time i didn't have one and when i saw those early waves of people like talking (laughs) about them and just be like oh this and that i was like do I need one of those to be an APP mm. member or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's just, 
you only have to wait eight minutes instead of waiting 30 minutes. Yeah. That's the only difference. Like our statum in our studio recently broke and our studio has not burnt to the ground as a result of that happening. Like we, we, we get on pretty okay. I don't know, you know why you're turning and looking at the recorder. Because I'm talking to people. Really not important to... <laughs> points you have to understand. <laughs> don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera. Oh, well, you know, I'm not used to being on film. <laughs> but, um... You know, it's like, so those people that are offering those services, they don't, they're not looking up and being like, wow, I want to use a statum. Sure. I wanna. They're just like, this is piercing and I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. And th- there, there are people that go to tattoo conventions and they sell jewelry that's imported Asian jewelry and mm. that's really not good jewelry. Yeah. And they're selling it and they're just like, they don't care that... 50 yards away, there's someone who's like sweating bullets because they're like, oh, I just want to sell this amazing mm. handcrafted, hand polished, blah, 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 blah. Like they're just, you know, it's, and then when the people walk by, they're just like, oh, there's jewelry. Oh, there's some more jewelry. Yeah, this will yeah. cost less. I like the way it looks. I'm going to get that one. Yeah. But you know, you again, I, <laughs> I really, I remember when we were doing our talk at UKPP, I made the most <laughs> awful comparison to model railway sets when I was talking about this. <laughs> And I was about to say a train wreck of analogy, which even more drove it home. But like, it's like that with any any other product in any other industry. Like, the handcrafted, best in the world, like blood, sweat, and tears product is only for a very niche amount of people, mm-hmm. and most human beings won't even look at it twice. Sure. Sure. You know, if I'm gonna buy a chair, I'll probably go to IKEA first to look for a chair, mm-hmm. and if they have a cheap chair, I can still, and I'll probably just buy that. All of my clothes are either purchased in like a Target, which yep. is not a high-end establishment if you don't have them here. It's or... not the uh, BVLA of the clothing world. If it you is would. not. I see. No. Interesting. Uh, it is quite literally imported Asian <laughs> factory uh, material. Um, or I'll just buy it on Amazon, mm. you know, and even, even today when we went in the nerd shop and we were looking at pops, like I was on my phone looking to see if I could get it $5 cheaper yeah, on yeah, Amazon yeah. because that's how the world works. Mm. And body piercers can talk until they're blue in the face and just be like, oh, you know, people need to understand that I am better than this person because I put mm. in this effort and they haven't. And it's like, well, sure, that can get you so far, that can get you to a point, but after a while, it's just really like, you know. Mm. Just, just calm it down. A in bit. in a way, it's actually a good thing that there that there are people that don't that it like this is the thing I always think. If everybody in the world only used super premium jewelry, there wouldn't be a body piercing economy in the way that we know it because it would be the super elite thing that hardly anybody could ever do, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't get those clients that kind of you know drake it is that a term they start from the bottom oh and now but now they're there you know like well the only thing is i've had a lot of clients from past studios who have like come with me on my adventure or whatever and i've kind of shown them like hey now i use this stuff look at this and they're like that's i can see immediately that that is better fuck yeah yeah, there we go and then that's how then that's how it goes right you know but um if there wasn't people using like baseline internally threaded jewelry you know you wouldn't have that. You can't have only Michelin star restaurants because then there would be no eating out culture in the slightest. It would be super nice. elitist, right? Eating out, eating out, eating, out, eating, out eat, no. eating butt culture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think this is the point where we're starting to get a little thin on our content. here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, wrap. Do you want to, should we have something to kind of what, the wrap it? stuff one? Oh no, do or, that. Oh, oh, no. I mean, just to wrap this up. 
do, this is my I podcast I don't, now. I don't do a professional program. I don't have like a... I, I, I do that in post. Well, thanks for joining us on the uh, Piercing Wood of Podcast. Uh, I've been Alex Wilkins, my guest for today, Ryan Allett. Uh, thanks for stopping by and uh, we'll see you next time, all right? Stay sharp, Johnny Aper. I should probably just end it right there. And that's it. Okay. That's all we need. All right, thanks for meeting up with me, Alex. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, and I appreciate you taking the time to come to those shows with me. We met up the last three years for this same tournament, and it was just a super fun time. Piercers hanging out with other piercers, talking about something other than piercing can be really good for your piercing career. Um, as far as other stuff good for your piercing career, awesome segue. I have some seminars that are officially up and running for registration. I've got uh, Monday, July 8th in Dallas, Texas, and I've got Monday, July 15th in Amsterdam, Holland. And that Amsterdam class is really already coming up to the point where I have to cut it off. I'm limited in the uh, the size of the space. I can only take 20 people, and I think as of this recording, I've got about 15 of those spots totally full. So if uh, if you want to come and, and hang out, Monday, July 15th in Amsterdam, that's going to be three separate classes. It's not going to be my, my full-day freehand class. It's going to be three shorter classes back-to-back. I'm going to be doing a class on anatomy for the body piercer. That's one of my favorite classes lately. I'm going to be doing my uh, septum piercing class where skill meets luck. And I'm going to be doing a class on nipple piercings. There's going to be a a good amount of content in there about surgically altered nipples for any clients who have uh, a a trans community that they're servicing, um, people with breast augmentation, breast lifts. Uh, breast uh, implants, all those different things are going to be covered in the class. And I actually had a a really nice client the other day, a trans man uh, who I've been piercing for years, uh, got uh, their nipples pierced and let me take some footage of that. So I'll have a pretty good video for, uh, for that, for the class. I'll edit it down for you. And then Monday, July 8th in Dallas, that's going to be my full day freehand seminar. So if you are a U.S. piercer and you haven't had the opportunity to take that class yet, uh, I've got a good opportunity for you here. You can fly into Dallas. Uh, you can drive in from a couple different places. I tried to keep it somewhat central so people would have access from maybe like Oklahoma City or Austin or New Orleans or a couple different cities around there. So um, all the information is available at precisionbodyarts.com seminars, or you can always just email me at ryanpba at gmail.com and I can get your registration set up. Uh, next week is going to be the last episode before the APP conference. Uh, I think my interview next week is going to be with a piercer named Schwazy from California. I got that interview done a little while ago. And I'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, getting ready for a conference while I'm there in Las Vegas. I'm going to try to uh, record an episode between Saturday and Sunday and put that up uh, the Monday of conference. Kind of like I did last year with my interview with Caitlin McDiarmid. Uh, I'm going to get something up kind of like on the spot, like welcome to conference, enjoy the experience, with me kind of a thing and record as much content as I can over the course of the the week and uh, we'll see how conference goes but if you're going to be in Las Vegas and you listen to the show come up and talk to me Uh, maybe we can record something for the show we can chat a little bit about it but uh, I will see you next week thanks for tuning in for more information about the show visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercing wizard podcast on Facebook for more info about your host visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook Instagram and Tumblr If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.